Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. High snap to DeVito. Give to Tucker. It's pulled out of his belly. DeVito walks into the end zone himself. A six-yard rushing touchdown orange. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It is a Stantonian home run. Giancarlo. DeVito takes the snap with Harris in motion. Hands off Tucker, feels his way in around his own man, and he scores untouched. It's a touchdown for Sean Tucker. Judge swings and drills one to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Into the left field seats. A Judgian blast. Rourke steps up. Rourke gunning near side left. Intercepted by Chestnut. As impressive a debut game as you're going to see from a freshman corner. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope you all had a great weekend, whether it was betting on football or just enjoying it. Thanks for joining us. This is Double Down on ESPN Radio and, of course, Cuse Sports Talk. If you're on QSportsTalk.com, you get to see all the video. Myself, Tommy Hogan, we got a big old whiteboard right behind me that's going to be full of bets by the end of the week. Uh, We're on the radio every night from 6 to 7 if the Yankees are not playing. So depending on how the wild card goes, we're weekdays, Monday through Thursday. We're on if the Yankees are not. Um, And we got a fun show today. Um, We're going to talk Q's football, how that game went. Not only football wise, but gambling wise, uh, how NFL Sunday went for us. And I will be honest off the top, not too good for myself. Um, then we're going to go Monday night football props. We have a whole list of props. It's, I think, my favorite segment of the week, to be honest, is the Monday night football prop bets. Um, six pack at the end of the show wraps up everything. Our favorite bets for the last two. We get two bets each for our favorite picks of the night. Um, If you want to join us, if you want to gripe about Syracuse football, if you want to gripe about a bad beat or maybe even a big win, 315-437-7644 is the number to join us. And, of course, QSportsTalk.com. First thing to say off the top, Tommy, you can't win them all. And I didn't win them all this weekend. No, you sure didn't, Mike. There is... We can get to this actually right off the top. There is a little bit of controversy regarding your picks for the NFL slate. On the show, you picked, you had a couple parlays. Obviously, you lose me. That was a uh, a pretzel as a brain segment for me when you just start talking parlays and teasers. If you know, you know. Um, but I did not put them in our graphic, okay? Because you got them to me late. I did not get them in our graphic that we tweet out. Should you be two and five on this NFL Sunday this week, week four, or should you be two and eight because you said them on the show? No, I, those count. Those definitely okay. count. You say I'm on the show, they count. Uh, I like I'm it. not gonna. I like the bailout. Thank you for offering a bailout. But just because they didn't end up on the graphic does not mean uh, they they were not. They were officially on my book. They were officially um, everywhere. So I did not have my best day of uh, of Sunday sure football. We're gonna get to that in a little bit, but. Syracuse football obviously lost to Florida State in heartbreaking fashion. Tommy was on the live stream. I was on the post-game show. They say that good teams win and great teams cover, and Syracuse football covered that uh, that five and a half where it ended up ended up at five at the game. Um, you got it at four and a half, but great teams cover, and they got it done. Well said, um, but no, there is... 
There's some optimism, I though I think, with the Syracuse team. Even though it's embarrassing that you give Florida State a team that was the the lovable loser of college football this year. Maybe not lovable, but they they were a loser this year. They were 0-4. They had the worst start in their program's history since like the mid-1970s, and Syracuse is the one to snap that, unfortunately. But Garrett Schrader and his legs it seems to be the right pick at quarterback for Syracuse. I, I think they found something. However... It took him till the third or fourth quarter, definitely the second half, where they finally figured out, let's just roll him out on passing plays. That way, every single passing play has the option to, to run and be out of the pocket where Garrett Schrader does his best work. Just do that every single passing play. Every single one should be a play action rollout or just a roll things out because obviously your own line's not great in pass protection yet. It's a little bit better than it has been the last couple of years. But just get him out of the pocket. If he sees a lane to run, let him run. If he sees someone open, let him throw the ball. And now he's without his best target in, in Taj Harris. Not good. But still, now you've, now you've got to, to spread the ball around. Now you've got to get everybody involved. You can't just focus in on your number, number one wide receiver. Maybe that gets a guy like Luke Benson, Luke, uh, yeah, Luke Benson involved in the offense. We'll see. But I think there's some, some good things to, to look at that Syracuse offense as well. They didn't have to depend on Sean Tucker. Their offense the entire season has been hand the ball off to Sean Tucker. He'll make things work. That wasn't the case against Florida State, and they still were able to stay in, the, in this game, which I think is a positive thing. Schrader goes for 150 in the air, 137 on the ground. And yeah, I thought I mean, the first thing you said off the top, basically what I see out of their entire run offense, it's not Schrader draws. Those literally never worked when it was drop back, have him run up the middle, the design draw plays. Yeah. Those never worked. But every time they created an end around basically with him, a read option, or he took a pass play and turned it into a run play. That's how you use him. And I mean, I'm not saying I would have figured it out in the first half, but it took them a whole half of football to figure that out. Um, but I, I like that they basically have a two piece run game. There's Schrader who can create some stuff himself. He can also do some design stuff. And then there's Tucker, who obviously you're just going to give the ball to him 95% of the time on first down. But that 5%, if you go play action or you turn into a Schrader run, what did you think? I know I texted you right on that, that play before it was called a, not a touchdown. Fourth and goal from the one. They went for it. And it was a, they faked the handoff to Tucker. Tucker went around to the right side. And it was a Schrader keep. And he got stuffed. And I, I texted you and said, I just want you to know whether this is a touchdown or not. I love the play call because it gives you a versatile option and some some form of trickery in the run game. Well, I think they got that because especially on his second his second go at trying to reach for the uh, the goal line, he clearly got the ball. And you usually don't see the ball that clearly when there's so many people gathered in, in one section there. So I don't know why they didn't call it a touchdown. But anyways, yeah, I think it was the right call. You trust your defense. Your defense is still pretty good. I know they got exposed a little bit by the running game of Jordan Travis, especially down the stretch. But yeah, I like the Dude, call. He's good. I like the. I don't know, man. I mean, obviously his legs are really good, but he got what fifty yards in those last two plays. One of them should have been a hold, obviously, and the other one. It goes back to how, how much that the the referees protect the quarterback. Syracuse didn't want to hit him. It looked like he was going to run out of bounds. They didn't want to get a late hit call. 
So they don't push him out of bounds. They don't try to touch him late when it looks like he's going to give himself up. And then he goes down the sideline even farther for another 15, 20 yards. So his stat line, I think, looks a little bit better than it should. There's probably 40, 50 yards rushing on that. He finished 19 carries, 113 yards. That should probably be closer to 70. Yeah, he, he I don't I mean, you're going to take 256 yes. all-purpose yards away from him. Like that's Graham. a pretty it's a you know, like that's unfair to say. I think I think Jordan Travis was de- they definitely picked the right quarterback to play against Syracuse's defense and he played really well and he kind of torched. Him. I mean, he I think I actually think he was the best player on the field for either team. It's also um, wow. Schrader would be Schrader Schrader might go toe to toe like maybe they were equal, but I mean, his team won the game. That's the only reason I'm giving him playing better than Schrader. It's and also he led the game-winning drive yeah. with, as you said, 55 yards of rushing himself. It's also strange that Syracuse didn't have a spy on him late in the game. It was clear that he was going to run the football, that he was going to try to make something happen with his legs. And you've got Michael Jones, who's a fantastic linebacker. Just let him spy. I don't understand why Syracuse didn't do that. They, they rush the pass or the ends get too far up the field and allow him to get around. So I guess... You can have a critique there, but still, it should have been only 10 yards. Marlo Wax has him right up against the sideline. Looks like he's going to run out of bounds, and then he cuts it back upfield for an extra 15, 20 yards. I don't know if I have never the best player on the field, Mike. You th- really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, dude, he he the 55 yards of rushing alone to win the game, I think that's pretty, that's pretty much seals the deal for him. He played really well, good enough to beat a very good defense that was Syracuse's defense going in, and then he made that happen. But what I thought was most interesting, this is Double Down, by the way, on ESPN Radio, and Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan, we're, we bet the game, we bet pretty much every college football game and NFL game this weekend. Um, I have never seen a game hit the over by so much when neither quarterback threw the ball downfield well at all except for Schrader on like one drive where he threw it twice to pretty wide open receivers. Like neither quarterback wanted that ball in the air over 20 yards and the game finished 33 to 30. No. And that goes back Mike to your point that the Syracuse quarterback option or the read option where the draw play where the quarterback looks like he's going to throw and then just run straight up the middle. You need the passing to be uh, an option. You need to be able to throw the ball so that every single player on the defense isn't just zoned in on the eyes of the quarterback or else that that play is just not going to work, which is what we saw. Just roll him out. Let him get out of the pocket. That's what we've seen Garrett Schrader does best is he gets out of the pocket, he makes him with his legs, or he extends the play and gets one of these wide receivers open. But yeah, he had Anthony Queeley on a crossing route for a touchdown. Nice play, wide open, though. You got to hit him. If you don't hit him, it's what are we doing here? He's he, You have to hit him in stride there. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, does the Syracuse running game of now, it's now two guys. It used to just be Sean Tucker. Will Sean Tucker get Syracuse's offense enough yards to win a ball game? But now you've got two guys. And that's kind of what I think Syracuse was, was thinking when they made the decision to go to Garrett Schrader. Now we've got two guys that can actually do it. And the floor of Garrett Schrader's legs is a lot higher than the floor of Tommy DeVito's arm. I think that's what they saw. I had to do some math in my head on that, but all right. All right. So the floor, yeah, the yes. floor of Schrader's legs is higher than the floor of DeVito's arm. All right. I'm down for that one. See? Um, one thing that I think as a Syracuse fan and a Syracuse better that I felt that made me feel more comfortable being down 10 in the fourth quarter and coming back and tying the game. I know it's Florida State and they're by far nowhere near a top team in the ACC. They could potentially be the worst team in the ACC, but at least you see that 
if they're in a game where the offense needs to get it going, and I'm not saying this was a shootout, but if they happen to stumble into a shootout where, oh God, the offense has to pick it up and figure something out, this gave me a little bit of confidence that they can do that. Granted, they went three and out on what could have been the game-winning drive, but at least the offense might have it in them to do something special down a stretch. Right. Right. They they have they now have weapons to be able to do something down the stretch. They came back from a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. When was the last time you saw Syracuse be able to do that? 2018, Eric Dungy? They just haven't yeah. had the explosiveness on offense to score that many points, get a stop on defense. You need that as well. They haven't really had that recently until this year, maybe even last year, I guess. But, yeah, they're starting to put some things together. And, obviously, you're playing in a, little, a lot worse of an ACC where – Clemson, I made the joke with Brent during the blind side. I'm talking myself into it, Mike. The more the more I watch Clemson play, man, a weird Friday night in the Carrier Dome, I, th- I think it's going to happen. I really do. I don't think it's going to happen. I really I think Clemson stinks, all. man. They can't their <laughs> offense is so bad. So, so bad. I think it can happen. We'll see. We'll get there. And We're two with, weeks away. We're two weeks away. But the, the disappointing thing is, it might not even be that cool of a win at that point. It'll just be like, oh yeah, we beat Clemson. Like the, the students will still storm the field because they won't know that Clemson stinks. <laughs> this is Double Down on ESPN exactly. Syracuse. Uh, if you want to hop in, three one five four three seven seven six four four. Talking a little Cuse football. We'll move on to the NFL slate in just a little bit. Uh, one thing that I I think we can't not talk about is Deuce Chestnut's interception. I loved Matt Park's call. Matt Park, I talked about this on the post-game show. The fact that the only thing he could say was, oh my God, on the diving interception by Deuce Chestnut was so cool. It just showed you what an amazing play that was. Two receivers stacked on each side. First down and 10 at the 46 for Florida State, leading by three. Snap to Travis, quick release, near side. Oh my God, it's the interception of the year. Oh, did he get it? Chestnut, I think, made a diving pick. He did. What an incredible reception by Deuce Chestnut. Wow. That was hard to believe. <laughs> Indeed. It was it was an awesome interception. And I doing post-game, I said this on the post-game show as well. I literally had in my notes Schrader can't throw deep ball, and then Schrader threw the deep ball. And then I had defense needed a turnover and then they get the turnover. That was, that probably was the defensive play of the year. If they won the game, it for sure would have been, but um, unbelievable play. It was a great play. However, I'm not to lessen the play at all. It was an unbelievably predictable uh, screen play. Stacked two wide receivers, both sides. I pointed it out as the play right before the play. If you're watching the watch party on QSportsTalk.com, that's a screen. Now you have to decide which side it is. And Deuce had to cross up the the receiver that was in front of the guy that the ball got thrown to. Great play. And then dives for all-out dives for that interception. Fantastic. But it was an unbelievably predictable screen play. Well, also because they've just been running it the whole time. I think that the getting through the defender that's trying to block you granted he's seen the same block a couple of times he's seen the same exact play a couple of times but i love that your take is me sitting on my butt in the studio 
watching on a widescreen view on the TV. Yeah, it's only I about saw 32 inches, Mike. It's not that, that's not that wide. No offense. I hope I, no, watching. I'm saying the, the camera angle. Okay, the camera fine. angle is wide where Deuce Chestnut, the only thing he's looking at is a guy in his face and then a guy behind him. Like He knows the screen's a possibility. And also, I love that a freshman is willing to take that risk because True. teams that do throw that screen and throw that screen, eventually they're going to pump fake the screen and you get burned. So the fact that he took the risk and it worked out was pretty sick. That's a great point. Fair point. And you're right. Yeah, he's seeing two wide receivers in front of him. I don't know, Mike. Even if that's all he's seeing, he's thinking, "All right, there's probably gonna be, this guy's probably going to be a blocker." As soon as he puts his hands up like he wants to block me, I know that it's going to be a screen pass. I just, he crossed them up though. Literally did an AI. Probably shouldn't have brought up a Georgetown guy, but an AI crossover around the first wide receiver to get to the next one and dive right in front of him, jumps that screen. It was, it was a fantastic play, and it was the turnover that Syracuse needed to uh, come back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter. So the Cuse falls in that one. They do cover. They hit the over. Uh, early line out, plus 6.5 for SU against Wake Forest at home at the Dome. Um, it started out at 7. It's already moved to 6.5 on most books. Um, we're going to preview that all week long. Um, we're going to hopefully talk to Lauren Walsh, who's a reporter down in North Carolina, covers Wake Forest. She's a Syracuse grad as well. Um, so stick with us. We're going to give you all the coverage of that. We're, of course, going to give you picks. Tommy, anything on uh, on FSU before we put this thing to bed? They stink. Syracuse is a better football team than Florida State. I stand by that. But uh, I know that wasn't proven on the football field this Saturday, but I'm telling you, Syracuse is a better football team. Once Garrett Schrader and this offense gets going, they'll be just fine. They're going to win. They're going to make a bowl game. They're for sure obviously going to get over this 3.5. I'm not worried about Syracuse. All right, we're Q's football all week long. We're to give you our picks, but right now we're going to take a break, come back, talk NFL. On QSportsTalk.com, though, we're going to talk about the ambidextrous punter that FSU had. I love that guy. That's next on ESPN Radio. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. Welcome back. Double Down with Michael and Tommy. Central New York's best, livest, most fun gambling show. Uh, We're going to get that tagline down one of these days. 315-437-7644 is the number to hop in and join us. Uh, Wayne in the truck's going to hop in, and uh, that's exciting. I love that that caller name more than anything. But after he comes on, we're going to give you some NFL nuggets from the weekend as well. But Wayne, what do you want to talk about? Hey, I know nothing about gambling, but you know I'll listen. I'll listen to you two any day of the week over that Yankees on deck garbage. Oh, hey, those are our guys. Rain, hey, come on. Hey. We'll take the compliment, but, but just leave out the uh, the trash after it. But but hey, anyways, uh, did did anybody notice how much they were celebrating Florida State? The 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 players, even the fans, how much they were celebrating after a three point last second win over Syracuse. When did we ever think that would happen? I know it says more about Florida State than it does Syracuse, but, I mean, that's crazy. They just want to win. They just want to win right now. That's a good point, Wayne. They're in that dire of a situation, the worst start since the mid-'70s, a win against Florida, uh, Syracuse, and it, it's deserving of the, the celebration they had. I think Syracuse should take that as a compliment, even though – they lost the game and ended that streak. Take that as a compliment. Teams are starting to celebrate when they beat you. A team like Florida I think State it's with that. Florida State's so bad, right. though. It wasn't because Syracuse is so Fine. good. 
I don't care, but Syracuse should spin it however way motivates them. If that's what motivates you, look at that. Coach Babers points at that. Look at that. Florida State is celebrating when they beat you guys. It does, who cares what it's for? Whatever motivation you can get for your football team, use it, and that's something they can use. Yeah, it's still ugly. I mean, yeah, I guess it's not the Liberty. It's not the Liberty dance where it's like Liberty celebrating on Syracuse. I get Florida State. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like pretend like you've been there before because you've won national titles and uh, don't just flounder around the field because you just beat an also bottom tier ACC team. No offense to Syracuse football. No offense. Um, do we still have Wayne? Are we rolling on to NFL? No, let's roll. All right, rolling into NFL. Basically, what we want to do, sum it up. My NFL weekend was horrible. I, I, it was the worst NFL weekend I've ever had. I went two and eight way down in the unit category. Um, I'm just going to give, we're going to give our best picks and our worst picks in the NFL slate. I think my best or my worst, I'm going to start with the bad news. My worst pick was picking Detroit. I picked Detroit to cover plus three. I also picked Detroit to win the game and they just sucked, man. Detroit lost 24 to 14 to Chicago. I was in the category of selling all my Justin Fields stock way too early. Um, Not that he's great, but he's good enough to beat Detroit. And yeah, just every time I thought Detroit had a chance to be anywhere close in that game, they just kept getting shelled and knocked around. Um, So I'm embarrassed on that pick. That's hand up on me. My worst pick was Tennessee against the Jets. I think that's a lot of people's worst pick of the weekend. Tennessee was six and a half point favorites in New York. I guess I didn't take into consideration how much AJ them without AJ Brown and Julio Jones would really affect them. They're obviously a big play action team since they have one of the best running backs in the league in Derrick Henry. And they weren't able to do that. They had a bunch of third downs where they took a sack. Ryan Tannehill's taking a sack when they're in field goal range and it shouldn't be. And Zach Wilson can really sling it. The Jets, I how long have we been saying this? The Jets may have a quarterback. Zach Wilson's pretty good. I, and the one thing I didn't take into consideration and forgot about, Corey Davis' revenge game. I'm as big of a guy about revenge games as you're going to find. I forgot about the Corey Davis' revenge game, and he had a big touchdown down the stretch in that game that that uh, allowed the Jets to win that game. I just I don't think I can even say that was my worst pick because, dude, the Jets are bad, man. They'd scored three touchdowns going into the game. And even yeah, during the bad. game, they didn't look great. Like, Zach Wilson easily could have thrown. I very much thought he was going to throw an interception in overtime that would seal the game in my favor. Um, I think my best pick of the weekend, again, not a lot to choose from. On on the show, it's literally two wins. Um, Over 54 in the Arizona-LA game, that felt really easy. I I really liked that, Um, although it barely hit. But the Baltimore game, Baltimore-Denver, getting that game as a pick and letting Baltimore just be great. Lamar was awesome. He threw for 316. Um, I just thought that 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 was a game that was fun to watch because you're like, oh yeah, the Ravens are really legit and the Broncos still have a little bit ways to go. That was a 23-7 final for Baltimore. What do you think about that? the controversy to end that game where the Ravens are running the ball up, what was the final, 20-7 to or something like that? They could have kneeled the ball. They should have kneeled the ball, and instead they run. They get five yards on the run, and it's to extend their streak of a hundred yards rushing in a row. Game they've All had, for it. you know, it's weird. All for it, there's that's that stuff. Nick Fangio not happy it. about that. He was not happy. Threw down his headset. 
Uh, have some respect. That nobody cares I'm about all that for streak, it, dude. It's it's like not swinging at a a three L pit. Or, no, it's not. Like, dude, my my thought is these guys, these coaches, these players, everybody's got bonuses built into their contracts, and you never know where it is. Maybe it's hundred yard rushing games for the offensive line coach. Maybe it's for the running back. That kind of stuff. I'm all about it. Go play football. There's still no. time on the clock. You can do whatever you want. It's a no. sport. You, you, Kneel the don't ball. Go home and cry about losing and getting an ugly five yards against you. I said the streak incorrectly. I care that much about it. Nobody even knew that this was a streak that was happening. I mean, it's who cares? You've had 100 yards rushing in however many games in a row. Who cares? Just take I a knee. I guess my point is also who cares? It's got to end at some point. It's, it's disrespectful. You're up by two touchdowns. You kneel the ball, just like every other team in the history of football has. You kneel the ball. You end the game. You don't just run the football because you want a streak. Disrespectful. If you, if, if you don't want it done to you, don't be down two touchdowns at the end of the game. This is Double Down on ESPN Radio. Tommy, you got to give your best pick before we take a break. Best pick of the weekend for me was the Washington football team, minus one and a half. They're in, kick a field goal, win by one mode, and Atlanta gives up a touchdown late. 33 seconds left to pass to J.D. McKissick. He's able to dive one of the longest dives I've ever seen. He dove from like the five or like seven-yard line. Crazy. He's flying through the air, reaches into the pylon, Goes up 34-30. Atlanta can't come back down the stretch. They need a touchdown, obviously. Not going to happen in 30 seconds. Huge, huge way to cover. I thought it was just going to be a one-point win for Washington. Lose by the hook, and I get the cover. Big time. Four and three weekend for me. Mr. 500 is now Mr. Just Over 500, and I love it. (laughs) Can't spell Hall of Fame without the first letter in Heineke. That's what they say. Well done. Um, Well said. All right, we're going to come back and give Monday Night Football props. So we're basically going to talk about players. If you're a fantasy person, this could help you too. You don't just have to be a gambler. We're talking player props. We're talking game props. Different ways to look at tonight's Monday Night Football. That's next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. At the table, there'll be time enough for count. Welcome back. It's the Monday Night Football Prop Shop. That's what we're going with for now, I guess. Monday, I like October 4th, Monday Night Football, Chargers-Raiders. It could be one of the most fun Monday Night Football games of the year. Uh, this is Double Down on ESPN Radio. If you want to talk Monday Night Football, give us a call, 315-437-7644. Chargers-Raiders, winner becomes the first-place team in the AFC West. And low-key, it might tell us if both teams or only one of these teams is actually good. The Raiders are three and Oh, the chargers are coming off a win over Kansas city. Um, it's going to tell us if anything's fluky going on, but um, I really like the chargers. Tommy, before we get into the props, overall thoughts on the Monday night football game tonight. I think this to be a really good game. I think you're right, Mike. Uh, the one, my big takeaway that'll come from how this game goes is that this may be the best division in football. Our producer Josh has been saying that the NFC West may be the best division in the history of football. I'm not even sure it's the best West division in football this season. All right, I, I mean Garoppolo's down and Trey Lance is in. Who knows how that's going to go now? Um, I know that the Cardinals look really good. They beat the Rams. Seahawks have been up and down that, so far this season. 
I think the Broncos defense is the real deal. I know they lost to Baltimore. They still give up 20 points or so. Um, and I think these both of these teams tonight are legit. Both quarterbacks are obviously MVP caliber quarterbacks are having MVP seasons. Derek Carr's been fantastic. Herbert's legit. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable, the best player in football. So I think this might be the best division in football. If this is the shootout that everybody thinks it is, I think that will cement it tonight. Could be a really fun game. I'm very excited for it. All right, let's get into the props. So basically what Tommy and I do, we each pick five prop bets. This determines who gets the first pick in our NFL pick draft on Thursday. Um, So we pick five player props, game props, any way to really watch this game and have a a little bit more in it than just wins, losses, and uh, totals and all that stuff. Um, Tommy, you can go first. I always go first. All right, thank you. Uh, My first one, Justin Herbert, anytime touchdown. That's at plus 250. I like it a lot. The Raiders, they have seven sacks in three games. One of the best pass rushers in the NFL. They have two rushers in the top five in quarterback pressures this season in Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe. And they rank second in the league in quarterback pressure rate at 38.9%. I think Herbert's going to have to use his legs in this game to get things going. I think he's going to be able to run out of the pocket, inside the red zone, use your legs even more. I like Justin Herbert to have a rushing touchdown tonight. I love that pick a Thank lot you. so Thank much you. that I'm not taking the same one, but I do have I had this on my board before before you said that. I'm gonna one up you and go Justin Herbert to score the first Chargers touchdown okay. at plus six hundred. So not first touchdown of the game, but first Chargers touchdown plus six hundred. Um so you really get uh you'd really get tossed around if he ends up scoring first. That would stink. That would definitely stink, but I I had that on my board first, Mike. And then readjusted it to then how I thought this game is going to go. So I switched it to anytime touchdown. You'll understand that more in a little bit. All right. All right. Um, I'll go next because I'll just take two in a row. We'll do a little snake draft. Sure. Um, this one's wild, but I like it. Jalen Guyton over 21 and a half receiving yards. Whoa. I'm getting that at minus 114. So obviously when you talk about the Chargers, you're not expecting him to be anywhere relevant and especially no. not incredibly relevant, but he's super fast. No one on the Raiders is going to be able to keep up with him. And also I I like that, you know, the shootout brand that this game's gotten the huge game and the big names and all that stuff. You can't tell me the Raiders weren't focusing on Mike Williams and Keenan Allen all week. So there's a little sneaky third option, 21 and a half. He can get that in one catch. When he catches a 10 yard pass, he can get 11 more, 12 more yards um, and cover that. So Guyton over 21 and a half yards. Interesting. I'm going to go to a different Chargers wide receiver. Or do you want to get your second? You said you're going to have two here. Do you want your second? No, I just did two in a row. Okay. Mike Williams is going to have the most receiving yards in this game. That's at plus 245 on what I was looking at. Casey Hayward's the number one corner for the Oakland or for the Vegas Raiders now. I got to get used to that. He's had a great start of the year, but he's a former Charger. He was on the Chargers for five years. He's going to be guarding Keenan Allen. And he knows his tendencies. He had a practice against him for five years. So I think he's going to shut down Keenan Allen, forcing Herbert to go after the number two, Mike Williams, who's been fantastic. Chargers, only duo in the league with two wide receivers over 250 yards. So their offense, the real deal, both wide receivers are legit. I think Mike Williams will be the guy that has the big game for that Chargers offense. I like that too. I mean, I think that he could have a big game and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I just need Guyton to really have one, maybe two catches and get that. Um, my next pick, I'm going to the other side of the field. Derek Carr, longest completion 
under 39 and a half yards. I think Derek Carr is good. He's better than people give him credit card, credit card, credit for. Um, but the most yards in the league defense, this year. Yeah, he's he's good. very good. I understand very that. Very good start. Um, but the Chargers' pass defense has been really solid, and then also their run defense is without a couple of key pieces tonight. So I think game plan wise. The Raiders are going to try to put the ball on the ground a little bit more. Um, and I like that it's not a total. It's not a um, touchdown prop at all on him. It's just he won't have a pass that is over 39 yards. So basically any short passes, I'm 100% fine with the entire game. I just don't think the Raiders are going to get a big explosive play out of Derek Carr that sets them up with great field position and a chance to, to blow the game open. So under 39 and a half yards for his longest completion. Don't like that one at all, but I'll give my two here. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Austin Eckler, at least six catches. I talked about that pass rush when it came to the Herbert anytime touchdown. I think it's going to be the same reason that Herbert's going to have to dump it off to Eckler a lot. He's already receiving back, gets a ton of snaps. He's really good out of the backfield, uh, catching the ball. Eckler, at least six catches at plus 110. I also like Mike Williams. I talked about him with my last pick. Over six and a half catches. Same reason. They're going to be dialed in on Keenan Allen, who's the best route runner in the NFL. Really, really good. But I think Casey Hayward's a guy that knows his tendencies. We'll be able to lock him up. Mike Williams has gone over that six and a half number all season long, all three games. So I'll take that. I'll ride that trend at plus 124. I'm going back to value. Um I don't know why I got into two touchdown props. I guess I'm going for home runs in this one. I'm tired of just winning by just dominating you in these prop bet okay. competitions. This is Double Down, by the way, on ESPN Radio. We're picking Monday Night Football prop bets. Just fun ways to watch the game. Enjoy it. Um, and maybe a little fantasy device mixed in if we're accidentally giving you that. Uh, Kenyon Drake to score the first Raiders touchdown at plus 700. I think that's really good value. I mean, he's been... Productive, not spectacular, um, but he's getting good touches, and I think he's got a chance to score a touchdown and and potentially the first one of the game. So I think that's a good value one. Um, just considering the way these prop bets usually go, I'm I'm fine with taking two different um, first. Again, it's not first touchdown of the game; it's just first touchdown for their teams. So Kenyon Drake first Raiders touchdown plus seven hundo on that fella. Don't like that one at all. Josh Jacobs came out about seven minutes ago, Mike is giving it a go tonight, the starter. And Peyton Barber was getting more carriers than Kenyon Drake. So Kenyon Drake's kind of the number three running back now for the Raiders. So do not like that one. And for that That's reason... That's breaking news that I did not have, but it's already on the board. Yep, sure is. That's why I do a little bit of research before I make my picks. And for that reason, and it goes along with it, Josh Jacobs' first touchdown and the Raiders to win. That's at plus 1050 right now. I like that one a lot. I know my first four were Chargers, props, some overs. And I think this is going to be a shootout. So I don't care. I don't care that it'll be overs. I'm going off of the Raiders pass rush. So I think Herbert's going to have to get out of the pocket. I think he's going to have to dish it off to Eckler. I think he's going to have to find Mike Williams and not Keenan Allen. That doesn't mean that they're going to win the game. That just means that I think they're going to have to do some other things to put up some points and in their offense. Josh Jacobs, first touchdown. And the Raiders to win plus ten fifty, love it absolutely. They're gonna want to get him the ball. He's their guy. He's their starting running back. They've been without him for the last game or two. They're gonna want to get him back in it. And he's a goal line guy, so you don't have to worry about that. You don't want to. You don't have to worry about someone coming in and scrounging it at the goal line. 
Josh Jacobs will get the carries at the goal line as well. I like him first touchdown. I think your board is so funny. I'll recap it in a second after I give my last pick. But I know. I'll tell you why. I just think I think your board's hilarious. I know. Um, you're gonna my say last this. one is uh, over six and a half total punts. I just think that's funny and I fun, it's a fun that. prop bet. Um, I'm just sprinkling that in. Teams, give me seven though, punts. Two really yeah, good offenses. Two offensive teams. Seven punts. Seven punts, and I win that bet. So I'm going to take fun, that one. But I don't um, think it's going to happen. Tommy's board. Yep. Is put all your eggs in one basket yep. with two. Mike Williams props. Yep. Eckler and a Herbert prop. He puts literally all his bag, all his eggs in one basket saying that Herbert is going to hit Eckler seven times. Williams seven times. Williams is going to lead the game in receiving yards and Herbert's going to score a touchdown. And then his last prop yep. is Jacobs to score a touchdown and the Raiders to win. I can't wait to hear your six pack, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Chargers, they've given up the most the, the most rushing yards per game. So that running game is exposed. And the Raiders, they spread the ball around. Whereas the Chargers, they get the ball to Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, the only duo in football with over 250 rushing or 250 receiving yards. Raiders, on the other hand, the only wide receiver core in the NFL with four guys that have 200 yards receiving or more. So they spread the ball around. So it's harder to get some of these props, these overs for the Raiders wide receivers than it is for these Chargers wide receivers. I think it's going to be a shootout. But like I just said, I think that the Chargers, they get the ball to the guys they like more, whereas the Raiders, they like all of their weapons. All right, there's Tommy Hogan's explanation of putting his all his eggs in one basket. There it is. And then I've got reasons a for it. Let us know what you think on QSportsTalk.com. We'll be in there at the break. When we come back, six-pack, our best stuff. Josh Golden hops in as well. That's next on ESPN Radio. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. Buy all of the things I never had. This is Double Down with Michael Lear and Tommy Hogan. Six-pack of Double Down, our best six picks coming your way in just a second. Tomorrow we'll be on QSportsTalk.com only. Yankees on deck will be on the radio. But tomorrow we're doing a big baseball playoffs. We're going to talk about the wild card games. Um, We're going to give you some future picks that we like. We'll probably give you those after the wild card games as well. Um, I think there's some potential World Series winners in the wild card games. So that will uh, that'll be fun to give you a whole bunch of baseball picks. That's tomorrow, six to seven on QSportsTalk.com. But right now we got our six best picks for you. It's the six pack. Let's do it. Um, I love this bet a lot. Chargers first quarter tonight, minus a half. All they have to do is be up by one at the end of the first quarter, and that pays out even odds for me. So I'm taking the Chargers to be up by at least one at the end of the first quarter. That's always a fun one because you got to root for the coin toss on that as well. <laughs> All right, my yeah, first... but also like they could get a defensive stop and then a field goal and a touchdown even works for me. Sure, but... Obviously, you want to start hard with the coin toss. Anyway, I'll go on the other side in that game. My pick there, I got Raiders money line, but with it, I'm going Derek Carr to throw two-plus touchdowns. I wasn't going to make a pick on this game, but I liked the Raiders. I saw this. I don't see the Raiders winning this game without Carr throwing two touchdowns, so I get a little extra value here. Plus 181, Derek Carr to throw two-plus touchdowns, and the Raiders win at plus 181. 
Really good pick. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat here. I'm going Raiders money line plus 145. I, I, you're probably right about the Derek Carr stuff. I'll stay away from it, though. Just Raiders money line plus 145. The other one I like, stick with Monday Night Football. Raiders, Chargers, over 51 and a half. I think it's going to be a shootout. Two great offenses, two quarterbacks that are in the MVP hunt to start the season. I think it's going to go back and forth. And like I said earlier, I know Josh will like this. Best division in football, the AFC West, not I don't the agree. NFC West. I don't agree. Anyway, we'll move on to baseball now. I was on them last year. I got to be on them again. Plus 650 to win the World Series. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. America's team gets it done. I want to see them do it this year. I are think, they America's team? We've yes, called the Mariners America's last team. Week. Everyone's calling yeah. the Mariners America's team. No, people are forgetting about Tampa because they were just that good that we didn't need to care about them in September. We'll see them in October and remember that they are truly America's team. They win the World Series. I don't know, man. I don't know how they're good. They're really good, but I don't. I don't even know how they. They I think are the best organization yeah. in sports. No, they are. They are. They're, it's unbelievable what they're able to do with that little payroll. Uh, I, I like the. I think the Giants are America's team. I don't. I'll no, say my, my World Series pick for no, I do. I, I do. Mike, what's your last uh, six-pack? My last six-pack, I'm actually stealing from Tommy Hogan's prop bets. Uh, Justin Herbert to score a touchdown tonight, plus 200. So I bet 10 to win 20 on that. Um, I love that. I think that's a, a really valuable pick. I, I have him first touchdown in my, uh, in my prop bet list, but... I like just him to score anytime. That could pay out big for me and, and set me up after a brutal weekend in the NFL. Brutal weekend. You were so bad this weekend. Two and eight since you're going to allow us to add those three picks. Man of integrity. I give you credit for that because I gave you an out there. But yeah, I mean, what, what's the yeah. deal there? You've been the guy that's been good at, at football this season, and now I'm starting to catch up. It was not great, but you know what? You can't win them all, and you can only go up for next week. This was Double Down on ESPN Radio. Tomorrow, QSportsTalk.com. We're giving you a whole bunch of of MLB playoff picks. Of course, the wild card games as well. But thanks for listening. Good luck. Enjoy Monday Night Football. This was Double Down on ESPN Radio.